I'm Matt Gary Fisher, and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week, I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects, and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. In this episode, I talked to Di Manuel on how he changed his career and lifestyle running a national eight-figure business in Canada with his partner to start a new kind of career, an online career, one that's more remote and fulfilling a personal goal to build a life of freedom. I met Di at a men's group meetup in Bali, Indonesia, and was super impressed by really how he and his fellow host, Nick Wood, organized the group and really led these men in the group to have very powerful conversations and transformations. And then I got to know Di a little bit more and found out some of the work he's been doing around lifestyle change, including fitness, health, nutrition, really like the whole life transformation. Now Di's a keynote speaker, actively involved in Toastmasters, and had a lot of good stuff to say. So I didn't speak so much in this one, So you'll get to hear more from Dai about his story, his transition and advice he would give to others looking to make the leap into a new lifestyle. In this episode, we discuss building up a successful career and eight-figure business in fitness over 17 years, why you should listen to and trust your gut feelings for career change, writing a personal manifesto, the importance of growing your own personal brand alongside your company building a lifestyle and career mix around your values, not your values around career, dealing with fears during your transition, dealing with the cash flow issue and the concept of minimalism, lessons learned from traveling with your family, road schooling your kids instead of homeschooling them, three questions to ask when it comes to change. And the full show notes and videos of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews So listen all the way through and enjoy. So I I remember I came across, it was a Facebook post and it was Mm. that you posted recently and it was really talking about your decision to leave your career five years ago. And and actually it wasn't just the career, you you were changing your lifestyle. Take me back to that point when you made that decision to, to do something different with your life. What was that like and what was going on in your head then? Sometimes it's not even a thought. It's more of a feeling. And I, I think some people talk about it being intuition or a gut instinct. And I know at times in my life, I've ignored that feeling. <laughs> and usually, let's just put it this way. Usually not always the best happens when I ignore that feeling. Often I'll find myself and, you know, I'll... I'll make a mistake on something really basic. And I'll be like, oh, I felt like I should have done that differently anyways. It's like just trusting that often we actually know what we most want. And we we actually do know what we need to do to often at least start to see progression towards that want or that goal, that vision, that dream, whatever you want to call it. That journey we find ourselves on, there's always destinations we're we're working towards and there's challenges along the way. And hopefully it's through the overcoming of the challenges that we learn certain things, but we grow, we evolve. And as we grow and evolve, we just change as people. And so those wants also start to to change. And so 
for myself, if I take it back in my early 20s, I, I found myself in a position where I was working in a commission sales in my environment. And this is the first time I'd ever done this, Matt. So before that, I'd, I'd always had jobs where I was paid for a certain amount of hours worked, even as a personal trainer. It depended on how many client hours I build in a week was how much I made. So it was really easy to figure out, <clears throat> okay, commit more hours, make more money. Woof. It doesn't take long to figure out that we only have so many hours in a week, right? 168, we're all working with the same and we have sleep, we have family, we have personal lives and, and loves and passions that we want to pursue. And so those hours start to get chopped up pretty good. And, uh, then I found myself in this commission position where all of a sudden I might work that 40 hour work week, but the more people I served and helped within the time that I had there, the more money I earned. And I was like, whoa, so the more people I help, the more money I make. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? Like, hello, I think I've found what I'm meant to be doing. Meanwhile, I was in, in university uh, studying philosophy and English literature, if you can believe that. And so I was going through this process of like, okay, when I graduate, what am I going to do? You know, like, what can I do with this kind of degree? I can go back to school and become a lawyer or a teacher. Those are really what my mind was thinking about. And but I really wasn't excited about that. I loved health. I loved fitness. I loved helping people really just take control of their own life and lifestyle to create the abundance or the well-being that they're going to require to be able to go after whatever it is they want. We, we need this foundation of health. I don't think I need to prove that point anymore. I think we know enough. We look at the global issue we're dealing with right now over the last seven months. Health is right at the center of that. People that have compromised health or compromised immune systems or in a state of they're, they're already dealing with other health complications, especially respiratory complications, we're seeing they're dying, which is awful. It's awful. So there's reasons to want to maintain a, a very strong foundation in health. Anyways, fast forward. I, I got into the sales role. I found a mentor within the company. He was the owner, CEO. He saw that I had, well, he saw in me something that I, I think I believed that I had it, but I didn't really know I had it. You know, this ability to just serve people and help and just, you know, knack at sales. And uh, so he sort of took me under his wing and just started teaching me. And I was a sponge, man. Like I was like, I'll suck it all up, man. Just whatever you can give me. I'm like, what books do I have to read? What, what do I have to listen to? What do I have to watch? Like, you just tell me what I need to do. I want to be awesome at this because I felt like this is what I should be doing. I can help people and I make a great living. And fast forward a number of years, I, I got to a very high level in the company. It was a national company and uh, selling fitness equipment, accessories, supplements, apparel, that kind of stuff. And he had riff with his partners. And so he was a joint venture partner in the Western Canadian operations and decided to, to go separate ways and made me a deal, an offer I, I couldn't say no to. So I went on board as his partner in creating a, a new chain of companies, in essence, a, a competitor. <laughs> and uh, that was my first foray into true entrepreneurship and also being in a position where I really had to think like a COO, think like a CMO and roles or titles aside, it, it was an operating partner role. And so I had a lot of responsibility. We grew that to eight stores and, and a couple of B2B enterprises, manufacturing overseas, the typical import export type of stuff and uh, our e-com business, which was national as well across Canada. And so it grew. We peaked at eight figures a year and it was just a, an amazing experience. I learned a lot. But after 17 years, Matt, I knew it was time for a change. And just because my gut told me that. I had this feeling. I was not feeling satisfied. I was not excited to go into work anymore. 
I wasn't even excited to have those type of conversations with my teams, with my suppliers. Like I just, everything became harder. And if I back it up a couple of years, probably closer to a couple of years before getting to the 17 year mark, more like 18 months, actually, my, I had gone through a, a period of time where I had my Jerry Maguire moment. Matt, have you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You remember at the beginning uh, where he stays up all night writing his manifesto, right? About how he wants to change the industry and, and yeah. everything that he sees. And he sees this paradigm shift needed. And uh, I had the same sort of experience. I got to a point where I was feeling quite burnt out. My partner and I agreed I, I'd take a break for a few weeks. And I, I flew from Vancouver out to Toronto to, to see family and just really decompress and, and just not think about work. And of course, when you try not to think about work, you start thinking about a lot of other things that you may be interested in. And, and so I sat down and I wrote a manifesto, <laughs> my personal manifesto, which incorporated a lot of things I've wanted to aspire for in my own personal life, but also where I envisioned our company going and where I thought there may be opportunities and things that would get me excited, to get me re-engaged, to get me wanting to recommit to this business, to this career path. Long and short of the story, my partner never read it, didn't read it. We never really had a discussion around it. It was, uh, it was just a blip. And, and I saw so at that point, I felt really, I don't know, disconnected and just disappointed, really disappointed. And so that he, feeling, he, he didn't read it because like he just didn't have time. It wasn't his priority. Or? I don't know. I, I mean, I could try to, to guess a lot. I, I don't think it was a priority. And the ideas were probably a little bit too far out there. I, I talked about a lot of my own personal passion projects and other aspirations that I had, not just for myself, but for my family and some of the, the values that I had that I felt like I wanted to re-cement and, and really spend some time on. So I knew that would create a little bit of, uh, we'd have to operate differently than we had been. But also he's 20 years my senior, so there would be opportunity. I knew there were certain things that he wanted as well. And so things had to change for us to literally see the lifestyles that we want, not only for ourselves, but also for our teams that were running the company. And again, a paradigm shift, like a completely different shift and doing things different than we would always done them. Well, that didn't happen. And at that point, I, I was still extremely optimistic and, and quite decided actually that I wanted to go after a lot of those personal goals that I had envisioned I wanted to start tackling. I wanted to, to really dive into doing more public speaking, more keynoting. Also wanted to, to continue to grow my personal brand, to bring certain opportunities for my family and I. I wanted to connect with a wider audience. So I had all these things I was doing on the side. I had started blogging 13 years ago, started my own personal platform and just really adding value. That was my whole goal. I want to be able to educate, to motivate, to inspire and do it in a fun way. Those are literally the filters that I've been operating with for the last 13 years. And I just wanted to continue to, to serve and I believe that there was a great alignment with what I was doing personally as well as professionally. And, and there was a lot of social proof around that as well as uh, financial proof <laughs> that two, the two were working well. But there was still a riff. There's a lot of social proof and financial proof. Is this clients or income outside of your this main business that you were seeing? Yes, already? but also we saw uptakes, especially in free marketing, PR especially. I became very well known as the guy, the lifestyle guy, especially in Western Canada. And so I had lots of free media opportunities. I'd go on the local TV programs here, like the morning shows quite regularly as their experts. 
expert. I'd be on a number of radio shows quite regularly because whenever they needed a soundbite or a quote or an interview style about something that was coming out in that lifestyle space, they just thought of me because I'd been so prolific with creating content. And, but I did that for my professional brand as well as my personal brand. But there's obviously a deviation between the two because my personal opinions and beliefs didn't always match the businesses. And so that meant that I needed my own platform for my own voice. But that also created a little bit of conflict at times and or tension, some, a little bit of stress. (laughs) I didn't think it was a big deal, but obviously others did. And what I mean by this is like, I had a, (laughs) an article I wrote that went uh, viral, especially through the Reddit community, crashed my site three times. And that's when I realized, oh man, I got to get into this. I got to learn how to deal with this stuff. Because again, I wasn't really into that space, but I was learning as I went. And uh, this is the first time I really experienced this kind of virility of content. And I wrote an article, 92 workouts you can do without equipment. Matt, you can probably imagine I was in the equipment business. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden I had people sharing this and talking about it. And because I was always a big fan of calisthenics, like uh, body weight movements, both you and I have had the opportunity to, to train at Urbana and Bali. It's just a wonderful facility. It's honestly, one of the best calisthenics uh, gyms I, I've ever seen in my life. And so I feel very fortunate to have had that. And just reminiscing because I'm, I'm thinking about the Bali connection here. But long and short of it, it, it was just like, holy crow, I didn't realize that something so simple as that, because it also brought us a lot of great PR, right? Because my personal brand being connected with a professional brand, I always worked equipment into the conversation, but I would always lead with the body weight because that's great. But some people want equipment. I like both. Fortunately for me, a lot of other people do too. So there was this sort of social as well as uh, monetary proof. Like we actually saw uptake in sales, especially web traffic. And if you're an e-com business, that's a good thing. <laughs> and also from an SEO strategy standpoint, our, our organic traffic was quite good based on a lot of the, the linking that both for my own platforms, but exterior platforms that were linking into us. So anyways, lots of good stuff happened. But after that whole incident of not reading the manifesto and, and a couple other little blips here and there, just differencing of opinions. And also I'd realized on my growth, my path of growth, personal and professionally, I couldn't, I didn't feel challenged anymore, Matt. I didn't. I was like, I, I got this. I could continue to do this and I could, I could see marginal increases, but it wasn't going to be anything that would really get me excited. And that was when my wife and I, we'd already started con- having conversations about travel, about looking at doing life a little bit differently but from the standpoint that our kids at the point at this time, five years ago, would have been both under the age of 12, uh, 10 and 12-ish. Uh, and they still thought we were cool. They still wanted to hang out with mom and dad. And we're like, that window of opportunity shrinking. And it shrinks by the day. Because I swear, every day I wake up, they're like, wow, you guys have changed. You keep growing. Slow down, man. I feel like my parents saying that. And like, I used to always wonder that when they would say that to my brother and I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're just growing so fast. Slow down. And I always just laugh at it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what they mean now. (laughs) And so with my own daughters, it's, it's, Christy has a passion for travel, my wife, and and she absolutely loves travel. She, She did a lot of that before we had kids. And so she always talked about it, but it was one of those things we put on the back burner to prioritize my career, and my responsibilities. And, and that was how we provided for our family and our lifestyle. And we have, we're very grateful for that. But there came a point where we realized that there's a lot of things and, and Matt, sorry, where I, I forgot to mention this, in my personal manifesto, I had a lot of personal goals that I wanted to achieve. Talked about the public speaking. I wanted to write a book. There was a number of other sort of milestones that I was working towards, but then I started to realize that staying on the path that I was was going to compromise my ability to actually go for that. 
So then here I am at a crossroads thinking, okay, I either shelf some of these things, put them off. And we all know what happens when you do that. It's eventually it just gets compressed away and a lot of other stuff gets filed there too in front of it. And chances are it'll probably never show up again. And I'll be that guy 10, 20 years from now having another conversation with you, Matt. And you're going to be like, oh yeah. So you remember that day, that time when you're talking about this idea that you want to go after? Whatever happened with that one? I never went for it. I didn't want to be the guy that was like, yeah, you know, we had this opportunity and I just didn't go for it. You, you know, took I, yourself into the future and yeah, almost visioned yourself going, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to stay on this path here we are. When you find yourself at this divergent, right? Like this, the, these divergent paths where you realize that big change is required for you to follow the different path, right? Like we're, we, we get very comfortable doing the things we do on a day-to-day. We all know people that are in that sort of flow right now. And I call it flow because it's just, it feels like we're on autopilot a lot of the times. You get up in the morning, you commute to work potentially, you don't even remember the drive there subconscious is so hardwired with that repetitive path. It's just, it's not even a second thought, but there's a lot of aspects to our lives that are set up that way. I get it. Our subconscious is there and it gets very used to doing a lot of this stuff for us, whether we like it or not. (laughs) That's another conversation we want to talk about. But I got to a point where I was just like, okay, I am afraid of the changes and this potential path because I don't really know where it might take us. I don't know. There's no guarantees. I'm leaving a very comfortable income. I'm leaving a very comfortable position. This is what I thought I was working towards. And here I am feeling like I need to make a change. I'm not satisfied. I'm not feeling fulfilled. My sense of joy and happiness is definitely not what it could be. I feel like I've compromised on some of my core values like family. Because I was positioning, well, I was compromising my lifestyle to fit the responsibilities and the expectations of what I believe the career meant, rather than looking at the other way around. And so I think there may be people listening to this or watching this that probably can relate to that. You may be at that point now, or you may be getting to that point. Maybe you've already been through this. Awesome if you have. Congrats. I wish we knew each other earlier because you probably could have helped me a lot. (laughs) But we trusted in ourselves. That's what we got down to. We're like, okay, we don't really have a plan B here. What's the worst that can happen? So you're familiar with Tim Ferriss and his fear setting exercise. He talks about it in his TED talk. And uh, it was an exercise that I've practiced many times in my life to try to rationalize away the fear a lot of the time. So, you know, it's not to eliminate it. It's, it's always going to be there. Fear is a survival mechanism. It's what's allowed us to thrive and be top of the food chain on this planet to make us a resilient species but it's still there (laughs) and we either learn how to roll with it or we forever be a victim to it. And so there's been many periods in my life where I've had to to, to really push back on fear and try to break through that barrier, if you will, because I knew that I could. I knew that things could be better if I did. And uh, so we went, I quit my career. We gave a full 12 months notice because I was in a position in the company. It wasn't just something like, hey, I'm going to give you two weeks, peace out. Like I just, me as an individual, I could not do that the organization. 12 months. We had a full year knowing that we wow, were working a long towards. Time. It is a long time. I, I wanted to leave on a high note. I just wanted it to be on a good term that I was leaving. So you gave your 12 months notice. Was there knowing that you were going to change your career? At that point, did you know you were going to travel? Yes. So this is the thing. We started looking at our money situation. A lot of people say, how did you, were you able to do this? And I was like, oh, we we didn't have a lot of savings. In fact, and and Matt, it's rather funny, but we had amassed close to a hundred grand in debt at this point. 
Wow. And because obviously, yeah, you just kept reinvesting in the business and we were good, but I wasn't really servicing the debt. I have two kids living downtown Vancouver. I'm not going to make up excuses, but we had a fairly expensive lifestyle. We just, we did. And uh, we started to look at that and we realized that was also creating a lot of stress for us. And uh, we, we had a desire to become more minimalist. We had friends that were fairly nomadic, family friends, like uh, friends that had families, kids younger than ours that were nomadic. Well, they were traveling. They earned an income through a laptop, <laughs> through their travels, and they were able to sustain the travel with their family. And they looked like they were just having a great time. Like, you know what? Maybe we can do something like that. And so left my career. Ultimately got to that point when the post you saw was just celebrating, acknowledging and celebrating and feeling a bit of proud that, wow, five years has gone by and we've been doing it. We've actually, that thing we set out to do, we did it. We've been doing it. We've been living that lifestyle and doing okay. So, so here we are, hundred grand in debt. And we're like, okay, are we still going to do this? I'm like, oh yeah, I can't stay on this path anymore. I, I got to go. My wife agreed she's got to go. And so I quit my job, you know, on that official day and done. A month later, my wife quit hers. <laughs> and uh, a few months after that, pulled the kids out of school, gave away all of our stuff, packed up our SUV with whatever we could take. And we just started our travels. Like that was like January 1st. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. So it'd be five years ago, five years this January, 2021 over the mark, five years that we we started on our travel journeys. And But we, there was a lot of fear there, man. I, I got to be honest with you because we, we had this big debt load. I had money coming in from the stuff I was doing online, but it was nothing like what I was earning previous in my career. And uh, so that created a little bit of, oh boy, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is this a good idea? You yeah. know, all, the, all those excuses come up, Matt. We just start, oh my goodness, am I being responsible? I got kids to feed. I think a lot of people in that position, they're going to be like, I've got kids, there's debt. Like I had this money before. Wow. Okay. That, yeah. I would say that's brave. But then also in the back of your mind, or maybe down on paper, did you have some kind of plan of, okay, maybe if a business plan or like a plan of action <laughs> over the next few months that was going to help you? Or was it like, I'm going to be nomadic and things are going to work out? The, the latter there, yeah. <laughs> We got to a certain point, like we had all these best of intentions to have certain things set up. And I was really trying to be that guy. We had this year to get ready and it was like, what do we need? Well, what do we have to prepare? What do we have to get ready? You, you know, and I'm trying to prep for all these things. But when, the more I realized, the, the more we tried to prep, it, it, it didn't feel right. It, it just felt like it was never going to get there. We never have enough money in the bank. We never have. Basically, I, I started to realize a lot of things that I was trying to have in place for when that official day happened that we would drive away for these travels. I'd have A, B, and C set up, meaning like I'd have an itinerary. We know where we're going to be sleeping, <laughs> where we're going to. We'd have a general plan. And I realized the more I was trying to, to get it all to fit in a box, the more stress and anxiety I felt around it because we were really trying to control the situation. And, and it wasn't really a situation to be controlled because it was completely new to us. We really didn't know what to expect, but we trusted ourselves enough as a family unit that we could do this. Because again, Matt, I started saying, well, what's the worst that could happen? Well, we go do this and we completely blow it, meaning that we run out of money. We got to ask our parents for a bit of uh, some cash to get back, move into the basement with one of our parents for a little bit. But we're both extremely employable. We knew that. We're at the age right now where we're in our early 40s. We have many year, working years ahead of us potentially. And we're very employable. We have some very specific skill sets that are of value. And so we started to rationalize that again. I was like, okay, it's not that bad. And, but I had enough coming in from the online stuff. 
And so away we went. We started traveling. We literally started driving south. It was January in Canada. So mm -hmm. it was a little cold and wet. A little bit cold, like, yeah. We're going for the sun, man. We're going for the sun. So we started driving south. And it was cool. We got to stop lots of different ways. We had different people that uh, we wanted to connect with. And they were more than happy to let us stay. But but a quick note on this. I was talking about the cash aspect because we need money, right? But to make a go at this. It's not like people are going to give us stuff for free. That would be great. But that wasn't the reality that we were in. And so we found that we just cut things. Like we eliminated a lot of the redundancies in our life. Like an extra vehicle. Well, why do we need an extra vehicle? We can do one vehicle. Man, we live downtown. We walk most of the time. So getting rid of a vehicle, which cut an extra insurance, an extra car payment, all the maintenance on that. Like that one decision saved us a lot of money that we wouldn't have to have as an output now. We also downsized our lifestyle, looking at a lot of the little expenses that we would often spend rather frivolously, to be honest. <laughs> and when you start to align some of these values and the, how you want to be living your life, especially the direction that you're wanting to be going for the things you want to achieve, you start to realize a lot of the stuff that we think we need, we don't actually need. You know? Yeah, it's funny. It, as a student, a lot of people that they might be miserable in their job or career and they were happier when they had less money, like <laughs> when they were a student. And it's OK. That is sometimes a fact for people. And, and just yeah. being aware of that and being able to go to that level of, of expenses is possible. And it's a choice. It is. And you're spot on with that, man. That great observation. You're so true. Like it, people, I have clients that I, I work with and they often reflect back on uh, reminisce about the times when they didn't have all the responsibilities in life like their companies or their families like just those single days where they were just barely making ends meet even at times and they think back on those times as very fondly and all these different seasons serve a, a purpose uh, overall and so away we went matt and it, it was quite the experience we just figured things out as we went like we're fairly quick learners we also, a skill that I've been working on continuously is feeling okay to ask people for help. Because I've realized it's something that I struggle with. I really do. I'm just one of those guys that will typically always try to do it on his own. And I realize that the lone wolf approach is not the best approach. There's a lot of people out there that are standing by ready to be asked. You know, they literally are. I found out there's people in my network who are just like, we're just waiting for you to ask for help. And so just to try to learn things, to try to figure out things as we went. And so we were very fortunate. We had a wonderful community of people and connections that we've been able to foster on those journeys to really make a go at it. And we had a beautiful time. And for the last two and a half years, we were in Bali, Indonesia, set that up as our home base as we did some more traveling around Southeast Asia. And it was also nice to give the kids some stability because before that we were road tripping all over North America. So we didn't really have a fixed address for a while. So giving them that little bit of stability was nice. Uh, a place to, you know, call home for a bit. And uh, we, we loved it because again, Matt, you know the benefit of it. It's Bali or Thailand. Like it, it is pretty cool. Like you meet some pretty unique individuals, people that are chasing a vision, chasing a dream. But they're so positive in that chase. You meet wacky people as well. Well, you <laughs> do. You do. But yeah, you meet some really inspiring people. On, you on really do. And it's pretty cool. Because again, we also make a, a point of, we like to connect with people. And that was the whole point of us starting our traveling was we wanted to connect with a lot of the people and communities that we've been building and you know fostering those relationships online. It was like, you know, we look at online as a great tool to do more cool stuff offline. You know, like that's, 
what it is for us. And that it's not the end all be all being online. In fact, during this whole COVID thing, I I find I'm online way too much and it affects my mood. It affects my happiness, affects my health. Like it's wild, especially mental health being online a lot. It's just, you can't help it. The feeds get proliferated with a lot of negative messaging, right? And as soon as you engage with one of those posts, you get more of those. It's, oh my gosh. So so we make a very concerted effort to try to stay within that realm of positivity, not go down those paths of negativity. We let the news own that channel. Like even politics, religion, I don't comment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't comment on that stuff. But that was it. And man, we, we've been very fortunate. We figured things out as we went, have had some successful ventures. We've also had some not so successful ventures. <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing with the online space is it's very quick to test, isn't it? Like you you see pretty quick, is this a good idea or not? Yeah. And uh, Let's sorry, talk a little bit about, about challenges that you've had and in this journey, like it's like any journey, it has its ups and downs. What were the, some of the biggest challenges that you had when traveling mm. with your family and, and after, after leaving that career? And how did you deal with them? What kind of lessons did you learn to deal with them? First and foremost, I hope that people like their family <laughs> before they decide, well, let's load up in an SUV and drive all over the place together, live out of suitcases. Because if you don't have a pretty good relationship already, you're probably going to have, you're going to be able to create a great relationship through that experience, or it's going to go the other direction. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> intensified with travel, that's for sure. It's it a bubble really does. In, some, it, in some parts, yeah. Totally. And uh, fortunately for us, we all like each other. And of course, there's tense moments. And I had prepubescent, I shouldn't say that, like they, they were preteens, two girls. And you can imagine as we're traveling, they start to go through puberty and there's certain mood swings. <laughs> and so here I am traveling with three ladies. And so sometimes emotions can be high. My emotions too. Listen, I'm cyclical as well. Like I know when the moon's in a certain phase, I've get my own little mood swings. Okay. And, <laughs> and we laugh about it. We laugh about it. But it creates for tense situations. So you have to really learn how to read people, especially your family members. And a lot of times we could communicate without saying it. We just knew how, what the other person was feeling. And uh, so you learn how to manage that type of dynamic, that, that these close quarters, stressful situations, how to have some tough conversations, have them quick. We have a, a mantra for our family. We, we might fight fast, but we make up faster. <laughs> and that's worked really well for us. Mm-hmm. That was some of the initial ones because obviously the family dynamic was the most important dynamic to us because without that, why are we even doing this? That was the overall purpose was we wanted more time together. We wanted to be a full-time family. We wanted to explore the world, be global citizens. Do certain things, learn on the fly. Like my kids were road schooled. I wasn't homeschooling because trust me, my wife and I, we didn't have the patience to teach and our kids didn't have the patience to learn from us in that capacity. When it came to learning life skills, no problem. Sitting down and teaching my kids math, nope, (laughs) not going to happen. What does road schooling involve? What is that? So we started looking for experiences. And when I say experiences, it's, okay, here's a cool museum. Oh, guys, this is the next city we're going to. You got your iPads. We want you to do some basic research, look it up, tell us a bit about the cities that we're going to, the cool things that we can go do. We went to most of the the parks around the United States. So had great hiking opportunities and just seen some really cool monuments. Uh, So it was learning through life. Also just balancing some books. It's okay, here's our budget for the next week for potential Airbnb or hotel motel stays. We have certain food budget. So here, we want you guys involved in this process. I love it. Yeah. And so this is, again, learning through life, right? Life experiences. 
And yeah, they weren't learning the pluses, the minuses, the negatives, the dividing, the, the, the fractions. We knew. And my wife was the one that was really hammering this home because I, at times I just, I was so busy focusing, you know, when we're not traveling, I, I had to focus on, I got to make some money. <laughs> I got to get some income coming in here. Otherwise this is going to be a very short trip. And so I, I was highly focused on that. And so she was really uh, great because she would manage a lot of the educational dynamics uh, with her kids, especially. And we knew, and for any parents that are out there, they're thinking about doing something like this. Like we knew that when it came time to go back into school, we were prepared to hire tutors to do condensed tutoring with our children. Because we already knew that they were really good learners. Like they naturally did well in school. So we felt very confident and comfortable knowing that if given some fixed time to, to really dive into the subject matter, that they would retain it and pick it up and, and ultimately understand it to be able to, to then do it. And we were absolutely right. They just went back into school this year. It's been that sort of got changed a bit, obviously, <laughs> with what we've been experiencing. But they both excelled in school and academics. So it was really neat to see. So I think there is something to be said about families that travel, especially families that have these types of experiences, because yeah. kids are resilient. You give them the opportunity, they do amazingly well. But especially when you start to open up their perspective on the world, increasing that worldview. Yeah. So those are a, a couple things. And then the business dynamics, Matt, I, that's, I'm still learning. Okay. I'm still figuring it out as I go, but learning how to start reinvesting. So as money comes in, you start to reinvest in systems and operations and, and education. And so that was an ongoing process for me over the last five years, just continuously to learn, to grow, seeing the business steadily increase. It was never massive increases, never huge numbers, but they were greater than what I, I knew that I was going to build it to the point that I would make more than what I was making previously. Especially when you start looking at the tax aspects and, and everything else, quality of life, it wasn't just a number that mattered to me. It, it was really, so just to simplify this for everybody, you can quantify goals, but you can also qualify goals. And so I really started to emphasize a lot more on the qualification side of things, talking about more of how am I going to feel when this is achieved or, or how does this idea make me feel rather than simply looking at the financials or, or certain data points and metrics. So I, what's I, important in your experience and quality right. of life and what's important to you? Yeah. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, is this in alignment with some of my core values or not? I, I love Greg McCown's book, Essentialism. It's a wonderful book. It, it, for those that are listening, you know, you can go to Tim Ferriss's podcast. He, he does a great interview with Tim Ferriss and, and that'll save you buying the book. But I would still suggest buying the book. It's really cool. But it's all about how do you learn what's essential versus non-essential in your life? And you learn how to quickly filter things. It's, this is not an alignment. This is a no. This is a, not even a not right now. It's not even a later thing. It's no. And getting really good at saying no. <laughs> it is a full sentence does not require explanation. <laughs> For myself, I'd always been that kind of guy that was afraid to say no. I'd be like, fear of missing out, fear of judgment, fear of not pulling my weight, like just saying yes to certain things and then finding my plate overloaded with these commitments and, and then feeling a lot of stress and anxiety, which would lead to other poor decisions or choices. So it, it was, that was also a process I had to really learn through practice. You know, and I think I, and, traveling and, and shifting careers, that's the perfect playground to actually put these essentialism 
principles into practice. Like, like you're forced yes. to do. <laughs> Dude, was it a playground, man? Monkey bars everywhere. I'll tell you, <laughs> it was awesome. So yeah, that, that I, I'm working on an article that's going to talk about some of the big learnings, or at least the highlights of what I've picked up over the last five years. And if I had to summarize it and really boil it down to a fairly concise idea, the idea that trusting our instincts that will often lean towards doing the best we can given the situation we find ourselves. It may not be the best end result. It may not go 100% according to plan or how you envision it. It really does anyways. Uh, but you start to realize that no matter how bad our minds may fabricate potential outcomes, like the negative outcomes, we have the equal opportunity to create the positive outcomes. And it's I'd rather lean and, and come from that energetic space than from the negative. So again, this is more coming from the passion rather than the fear, right? Attraction versus repulsion <laughs> or regression, depending on how you look at it. And, and that's a choice. That was the biggest muscle I had to learn to exercise and condition over the last five years. That innate trust in myself in my family, in, in the world. <laughs> Some people might call it blind optimism. I don't think so. I do call myself a perpetual optimist because life's way more fun when I take that perspective than the opposite. And trust me, I've had periods in my life where I've been the dumper Dave. I've been like, oh, oh what was me? Doesn't matter what I do. Life sucks. Like I've been there before. It's not fun. And it's crazy. It feels like a, a black hole, gravitational pull, right? It's like when you're in there to get out of that, it's hard. It takes a lot of energy. And I think that's also why a lot of people, like a lot of clients I work with, they get stuck down there and they're like, just, how do I get out of this? They're not sure how, you know? And the best thing I can tell people is just take a pause, start feeding that muscle between the ears, like start changing the inputs. You change the inputs, you can influence new outputs. It's amazing what happens when you start to just educate yourself on the possibilities. Three questions I ask every time I, and we'll sort of leave it with this. And anyway, listen, when it comes to change, because at the, the foundational piece of all this is accepting change and, and realizing that you can't always know what the change result will be, but trusting in a process. And so there's three questions I always ask when it comes to change. First one is, can I do this? That's question one. And whatever you're expecting, thinking about doing is, can I do this? Huh. You start to look for proof, right? This is where the social proof aspect comes in really well. Testimonials, other people's stories, like your podcast, you're interviewing amazing people that have some phenomenal stories. And it's just hearing that one story that sounds like it's very much in parallel with our own story. And it's all of a sudden like, whoa, he did it or she did that. They did that. I could do this too. You need that yes, that first yes to really be able to like, okay, yeah, I know I can do this. Okay. Question two. So you got the first yes. Now it's question two. If I do this, will it work? Will I create the results that I want by doing this? And again, this is where we sort of have to trust in a process, trust in the steps, trust in the path that someone else has already walked before that now we can walk it to and get a similar result. It may not be exact, it rarely ever is, but accepting that, yeah, okay, if I do this, and, and I often equate this to fitness, because if I want to lose 20 pounds, if I go to the gym and I change how I'm nourishing myself, will I see some weight released? Yes. So now you got yes and a yes. Question three, and this one always stumps people. All right. This is the one that takes the most work to be consistent, persistent, and to ultimately stay the path to see the change through. Is it worth it? Yeah. 
is it worth it? It's the question. And, and I often say to when I'm working with groups, schools, you know, organizations, I'll leave it as an it. But when I'm working with individuals, I always say, you have to ask yourself this. You got to look in the mirror and say, am I worth it? <sighs> am I worth it? That is what gets people hung up. Because listen, I'm the same guy. I'll look in the mirror some days. I'm like, am I worth doing all this stuff? That I'm, oh, and you just that self-opinion, right? At times, we're our own worst critic. And in that inner voice, this, these limiting self-beliefs, and there's all these tangents we could go off on, but recognizing that little voice inside of us, it doesn't always want the best for us. It wants to protect us. It does want to protect us. It doesn't want to get hurt. So it, it hammers home a lot of these little beliefs that hold us back from actually going after it. So that third one, you need to get to a yes. And if right. you can't figure that out yourself and say, look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm worth this. Trust me, there's people around you that believe that you're worth it. And they see in you something that you probably don't see in yourself believe them. They know what they're talking about. And, yeah. and you get around that energy enough and you start leaning into that energy. Whew, the whole world of possibility opens up. And like I said, what's the worst that can happen? You give it a go. Maybe it doesn't work. You got to step back, retool, change your perspective, shift a little bit. So you can see a different way of doing what you're trying to achieve. Don't give up. And uh, so that is really some of the biggest learnings I've had over the last five years, the biggest takeaways. And there's lots of other little ones or nuances of those, but that's the bulk of it. And, and then there could be a fourth aspect, and that's really just find a community of people mm -hmm. that have like mind that can support you on that journey. And that's, a, I think, a given. I think most people do gravitate to that, especially today's day and age. You, you can't help but go to platforms like LinkedIn or, or Facebook, uh, even some of the other social networks. And it, there's communities, there's pockets of amazing people there that you can connect with that are on, that have similar dreams, similar ambitions, and they're willing to teach each other, to support each other on that journey. Get to inspire you, to give you the belief. People. Yes. Propel you to follow those dreams. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Normally at the end of the show, I ask, what's the one thing that, that helps you live with passion, purpose, and balance to really burn from within? You've already, you've done it with three things or four things. So I, I, I will take all of those answers. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And exactly. Like I, I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell. He, he coined the hero's journey. When you start looking at your life as a journey, you realize that you may have certain destinations along the way, but it's a path that you'll forever be following until the day you leave this planet and realize there's always going to be challenges. But looking at the challenges as something that's fun, as part of life, part of the journey, it doesn't seem so daunting anymore because we're all going through it. And I think that's the problem is most of us feel we're very alone. We're isolated. This is my journey to, to, or my burden to bear. Just, uh, I know there's the expression, bear, the cross to bear. It's my cross to bear. And, and uh, there's always people that are willing to help because usually someone's helped them. And there's this sort of natural reciprocation, uh, this, this, the giver's gain, uh, wonderful uh, idea, right? Like this, this idea of just give. And, and that's all I've been doing the last 13 years is just lots of content, lots of value, lots of support, lots of free communities for people to plug into. And just this constant giving, it's also allowed me time to, to recharge because I've created some space by just giving. Uh, and what, I think people figure this out, like just deliver value. It's one of the best mental health boosters that I've personally experienced is if you give value to others, you instantly start to get positive energy back. And I don't do it with the expectation of anything in return. It's just what happens. It, it, you call it a law of the universe. I, I believe it's there. It just happens. And so I invite people, just that thing that makes you super special. If you're not sure what that is yet, don't worry. Keep looking for it because it's there. 
then start to share that. And whew, the whole world opens up. And uh, yeah, it may sound cliche. It may sound like, oh, too good to be true. But I challenge people to reach out to me. Reach out to me on, on Facebook or, or, or Instagram or wherever. Just my, hand, my handles are always my name, Diamond Wall. Just say, hey, I heard you on that show. And this is what I'm passionate about. This is my superpower. This is what I'm chasing. Awesome. That's how a conversation starts. I love to hear that stuff. I just, I like these kind of conversations. They get me really excited. And uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it, Matt. I know we could probably talk for hours on this, right? (laughs) But uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a very different way of introducing yourself instead of this is what I do, but what this is my mission. This is my passion. This is what I love. This is what I aspire to be or do. This is the direction that I'm going in my life. Are you in that direction as well? Can we join each other? I love it. That's what makes uh, life exciting. Thank you so much for, Thanks, for an amazing interview. Some amazing tips about your transition, the last five years, challenges, lessons learned. And we, I'll post your article on oh, the website okay, cool. and, the, and the, the podcast as well when it comes out. And awesome. thank you once again. Thank you, Matt. I, honestly, man, I love what you do. I love your passion. You've always been a really positive energy whenever I've been around you. And I'm glad that we're reconnected. And I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing each other on future Zoom calls, but eventually in person again. And just know when you get to Vancouver, Canada, you got to look me up. All right. <laughs> yes. That is a deal. <laughs> Coffee, smoothie, deal. tea, whatever your pleasure is on me and a nice walk around the seawall. And that goes for anybody listening to this. You find yourself in Vancouver, reach out. It's, uh, I'm always keen to meet new people and uh, beautiful hikes here. Wonderful experiences. I'd love to, to show you a few of them. It's not an empty invite. Please know it's 100% authentic and I hope you take me up on it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Di. Thanks, Matt. Man, I love speaking with Di. And I hope you're inspired too from this interview. Feel free to get in touch with Di to ask him more questions about his lifestyle change or for coaching or nutrition advice and more. If you're looking to transition to have a more balanced life, one aligned with most important, then I can help you. I'm a certified career change coach and an NLP trainer. And to give you an example, I had four coaching sessions over one month with a seven-figure business owner who was spending his time away from his kids and on tasks he hated, such as business development, instead of his real passion, which was programming. After sitting down in a couple of coaching sessions, we mapped out his values, his daily schedule, identified areas of change, and implemented these changes bit by bit. After a couple of months with support, overcoming some challenges and fears, he had transitioned to spending more time at home with his kids, focusing all his work in his passion of programming and setting aside time for his passion projects. Simple tweets can make a huge difference to burning from within. So if you want similar support, book a free 20 minute strategy call on burnfromwithin.com forward slash call, and I'll see if I can help or at least point you in the right direction. And if you've found this podcast helpful or inspiring, please leave me a review on the podcast platform you use, subscribe for more interviews and share the Burn From Within show with your friends. Until next time, live with passion, purpose and balance, and burn from within.